1: Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the very first Power of Witness episode. This is going to be an introduction for this exciting collaboration that Finn and I are doing on our show with Catherine, and we'll get more into all the details here in a second. But we're super excited that all of you are here, and we can't wait to share this with all of you.
1: Yeah, Catherine reached out a few weeks or months ago. I don't know anymore. What is time? <laughs> uh, but uh, she has been doing and she's going to explain a really uh, much better what this is. But she's been doing these power of witness uh, cohorts. And she's really thrilled with the success of them and thought that it would be a really valuable thing to put out into the podcast world. And Uh, we kind of heard from her how it would work. And actually one of our previous guests, Jack and Jill, who you'll actually hear a lot more from, reached out to us as well and told us how amazing it was. And so uh, we put this together and we're, yeah. we're super, super excited for it.
0: Yeah, part of the motivation was to be able to provide a platform for people to dive deeper into their relationships and themselves on our show. And this is a lot of very vulnerable conversation that is somewhat different than we've had in the past. So we're really excited to be able to have these people work through difficult things and also have all and of us,
1: us work through. difficult us through, things. Yes.
0: <laughs> and then all of us also witness these people doing this hard work.
1: Yeah. So uh, a couple of things, since we we love to be transparent here on the show, part of doing this uh, part of the motivation was to uh, provide some, uh, not marketing, but you know, uh, exposure, exposure for the cohorts and for this power of witness program that Catherine does, there are two more cohorts going to be happening one in February, 2021 and one in March of 2021 and probably, and probably more after and that, And probably more after that. So again, part of this was to get the word out about this, but also like the amount of benefit and the amount of just amazing information that comes out of this. If all you do is listen to these, is incredible, and so we we felt like we could do multiple things at once. We could give you the listeners a ton of value uh, for free, but also help provide some uh, marketing for Catherine and to and to promote this program, which we know is helping a ton of people. So, we like to be transparent about that, and that's sort of what this is. Also, we wanted to make it really clear that. Uh, Everybody who took part in this uh, signed a sort of a waiver or release form uh, with Catherine so that we can share this publicly, and they received uh, what basically what they go through here. Uh, They received that for free. They haven't necessarily been paid, but they are doing this at no cost to them as sort of a thank you for being a part of this and for sharing their story.
0: Yes. And now I think it makes sense to turn it over to Catherine real quick. to
1: It almost does. I just remembered we need to tell people if they want to learn more about this and how to sign up and get information on joining the cohorts in February and March. There are links in the show notes for every single episode, including this one, uh, to how you can sign up and find out more. So now go ahead. Let's
0: have Catherine introduce what Power of Witness is, and we'll jump in with more after that. Thank you
2: so much for having me and for being willing to go out on a limb with me a few months ago. And I pitched this idea to you. Um, it's, and you know, as everyone can probably hear, we were recording this at the end of the series. And so we're looking back with the glow of, of 2020 hindsight at how great and wise our idea was. Right. But you all really went out on a limb to, to try something edgy and new with me. Um, and I, I'm so appreciative of your bravery, not that I was surprised given what your podcast is all about. Um, But yes, thank you for having me. Um, Some of you may have heard me on Normalizing non Monogamy and other episodes where I shared my experience up to that point with my husband, Ray, and then also I got to be a guest on Focus Fridays, which was such an honor for me. This is Power of witness idea that Finn and Emma um, jumped on with me. Let me just give a a really brief overview. We're going to get into it in the episode. You'll, You'll learn so much more. It came from how much benefit I have gotten being a coach and a therapist in my unique seat at the top row of the bleachers of other people's relationships. So I get to sit up here and watch them play air quotes around that i don't get to watch them do the fun play this is the the play of their relationship when they're running around you can imagine a football football team all burdened with gear and mouthpieces and helmets and they're sweating and they're snotting and they're grunting and they're bumping into against things and it's hard to even know where to know to which way to throw the ball and where the goal is and, and why all of a sudden you're running left and somebody bangs you from a side. And when you're down in it, when I'm down in it with my own relationships, it's so disorienting and hard. But when I'm, when couples come to me, I get to sit at the top row of the bleachers and watch it play out like a coach. Mm, There you go. I'm a coach. I get to see this. And it's so easy to be like, Hey, 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 run left, step back, throw it left, throw it right. And so I have learned so much about how, about relating and relationships just from the honor of being able to be at the top row of the bleachers with my clients. And I have found that being able to be at the top row of the bleachers with my clients has helped me have more insight when it's me down on the field in my relationships. So I wanted to invite people to come to the top row of the bleachers with me. And that's how this whole idea started. So Power of Witness is a group of couples. Differing in size, this one's a little the one we're going to present to you is a little bit smaller than the cohort that I usually run, just for time's sake, where I invite a couple invite these couples to be part of a group and we deep dive with one couple per week, and they get 50 minutes of focused coaching with me. I do a um, uh, intro consultation before the their session and get to know them, give them some resources, we decide what kind of issues they want to, to dig on, dig in. And then they have 50 minutes of coaching and we call that the hot seat and everybody, the other couples watch me coach them. And we dig into some real, this is, these are all real issues. There are some emotions. It's doesn't always wrap up beautifully. It's this is real and raw, what you're going to hear in these, in these sessions ahead of us. And then at the end of that, we ask the top row of the bleacher participants, the rest of the couples to give feedback about what they saw, how it affected them, what they felt, I teach them, you're going to hear this, I teach them how to give appropriate feedback, which many of them say helps them give feedback within their couple. And then at the end of that, the couple that was on the hot seat will tell us how it felt to be on the hot seat and what it felt like to have that feedback.
1: Yeah, I think one thing to maybe just make clear is the the, the participants that we have doing this, uh, these are all people who have been on the show before. We reached out to everyone who came on our show, at least everyone that we were able to reach out to We didn't do so good at the early days of keeping track of people's contact information. (laughs) I think we got almost everybody. Anyway, we reached out to everybody who's been on the show and asked if anybody would be willing to participate in this. And we had a handful of people reach back out to us that wanted to do this. And so uh, that is who you're listening to. So everybody who's been part of this uh, power of witness that you're about to hear, was also on the show and the links to their episodes will be in the show notes for this if you want to go back and listen and, and it would probably not necessarily be required but would probably be add some value to what Definitely. you're hearing to hear a little more about their background story
0: Definitely. right so I wanted to jump in and say what you can expect is the episode you're listening to right now is the introduction episode we're going to you know, Catherine and Finn and I are recording this intro right now. But eventually, here we're going to r- jump into introducing all of the couples and doing the uh, an overview of what to expect here. And then you're going to have four more episodes released over the next every Friday for the next few weeks. Uh, with each couple doing a coaching session or, or a session on the hot seat. And then the end, we'll have one at uh, one more episode where it's a takeaway episode. So there's six total episodes that you get to listen to for Power of Witness, and they'll be released over the next following Fridays.
1: And, um, maybe one thing, Catherine, if we could have you talk a little bit about the adult chair versus child chair mindset, that's something that comes up quite often. And, uh, I know we weren't super familiar, or at least I wasn't super familiar with it before this. And I thought that that would be really helpful, maybe framework for people to understand before we get going.
2: Yes. I'll try to do a a quick intro about that. So this, um, theory is, is based on, um, inner family systems, um, work where it's it's an i the idea is that we personify different characters that quote live within us um there is a a wonderful podcast a mentor of mine michelle chalfant who has a podcast called the adult chair and she explains she has a, a framework that i use that i've added to and and also in work there's a theory called um in counseling work there's a theory called gestalt that works on, again, this personification. They talk about chairs where some of the work you do is you have literally two chairs in the room and you imagine yourself as a child and you sit over in that child chair and you speak to yourself as an adult. Now, sometimes when you first hear this, it can sound really, I don't know, people would say schizophrenic or multiple personality disorder or dissociated. But what I find is when people can personify the different parts of themselves, different ages what their needs were at that time that weren't being met and how those needs are still trying to be met, how we come up with adaptive skills and strategies at different ages where we, where we were in our development that we're still trying to use now that maybe have now become maladaptive as grown adults, where they were really helpful to get what our needs met when we were little with our family of origin. But now those same skills that we've brought through to our current relationships are hurting our current relationships. So you're going to hear me talk about that quite a bit. I do I do interfamily systems chair work, um, parts work. You can call it lots of different things. I do that with all of my clients. Nobody nobody is safe from that. Everybody gets the gets that work with me. Um, I have there's a. Um, of course, you're going to hear us talk about that I've created called Relationship Boot Camp, where I take people through different modules to get their relationship in kind of tip-top shape to be ready for non-monogamy, really just to be ready for the challenges of life, but certainly the non-monogamy. And two of the, this is such important work to me that there are two of the 10 modules that are um, focused on teaching chair model, um, interfamily systems, parts work. Because we use that as a framework to understand what's happening. So you're going to hear that come up with most all of the couples. All of these couples um, were gifted the relationship boot camp so that they could go through these modules and have an understanding and a, a similar vernacular. That's why I created my relationship boot camp because I wanted to have this shared vernacular with my clients. So we went ahead and gifted that to these brave souls that jumped on to be in our normalizing non-monogamy power of witness program. So you're going to hear that they've already had some of that background to understand. In the show notes, we give you lots of podcasts that are free and available to you. So you can start to have an understanding of that without having to buy my bootcamp course. But of course, if you're interested, that'll, that'll take a deeper dive into it. Does that explain it enough? It's so, it's so natural to me that sometimes I forget to make it, make it explicit and clear. If there's anything else you want to. I think
1: it's, I, I think it's great. And I think what you said there right at the end too, is that, throughout this and just to reiterate there like there is an amazing amount of benefit that you can get out of all of this at the at the free level right there are uh, resources everything that gets mentioned throughout um, there's free podcasts free books well mm-hmm. i don't know if the books are free but you know a couple of bucks for a book right and so there's a lot that that you're getting here without having to to buy into the power of witness course or your relationship
0: Yes
2: absolutely right. which is important really important to I know we the three of us have talked offline about how important that is that yes we're all we're all trying to to make a living and and find a way to to make this our our career but all three of us are one of the things I think we've always connected on is how important it is to all of us that there are resources that are free for people if they can't afford that. And, and so, you know, the difference in listening to podcasts or listening to another person's experiences, of course, it is a little more two dimensional. And for many people, that's all they need. Many people can listen to this stuff and take it and run with it. And then what coaching or therapy offers or jumping in and actually being in a, in the hot seat or being in power of witness group is, is that third dimension where you are able to personalize it with a coach or a therapist. And then certainly in the power of witness group, having that extra support of this group going through a really vulnerable thing altogether. There's this whole extra power in the me group, which we'll mention this, this group, all of my groups um, have access to a me group that I facilitate where we share resources after each episode, people can ask questions. They can follow up and, you know, thank people for the feedback. And we did have that for this, for this group that you're going to hear, um, you listeners will not infor- will unfortunately not be able to have access to that because that is the one piece of it that stayed kind of private. Um, but it is a that adds that third dimension. But it is really important for us to know that we really believe and in- you all can get lots of benefit from this, even if you don't have the resources to to join it for yourself.
1: Yeah, and a couple other and real, thank, real thank quick, you. I
0: just want to mention that all of the resources are in the show notes. Don't forget that So it's easy to go to our website and go look at all of them under the podcast tab. So just wanted to mention that and then go ahead.
1: And a couple just a couple other final uh, technical sort of notes here before we jump in, because we know these are a little bit longer and this intro went a little bit long, but we thought it was really important to lay out the framework. So a few things Uh, for one, you'll notice that these episodes are a little bit longer than our normal episodes. This one is going to be probably close to two hours. Uh, because of this intro and uh, the 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 actual content was about 90 minutes. And then from here on out, they're all roughly about 90 minutes. And we really did our best to not try to impose any like constraints on these. We wanted these to be what they are. Um, and that came through as well in the editing. So mm-hmm. normally when I edit an episode, I'll take out long pauses and breaks and stuff like that. I've left in a good majority of those because you're hearing people process stuff in real time. And I didn't want, to, I, we didn't want anybody to lose like the impact of somebody taking five or 10 seconds to really think about something.
0: Right. And the emotion behind that, right. the so, pauses are important.
1: So those get left in. So if you have a podcast player, like overcast or something that removes long pauses and breaks, I would recommend turning that feature off uh, for these episodes. That's just my personal recommendation. You can do whatever you want.
0: I would also recommend not speeding these episodes up because it's more powerful when yeah. you hear people actually thinking through things. And I just uh, want to
2: really quick give Finn a huge therapeutic high five. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. And I we had never discussed how... Important and therapeutic pauses are. And most lay, lay people who are not therapists get all uncomfortable with those pauses. Finn, you're blowing my mind. Like, I love that you saw the therapeutic value of that without me even coaching you on that. I'm, oh, wow. Hey impressed
0: you know every
1: once in a while i pull something out of my i think <laughs> i think
0: going through the process and listening made it very obvious <laughs> uh,
1: good, good. <laughs> uh the other the other one is just uh, sort of a note on audio quality so we so this is like six different people or groups calling in from all over the country and we did our absolute best to get the best sound quality we could i would say that it is audible in all cases there are times where It's a little muffled or somebody talks over somebody and there's some like it is really good considering what uh, what we put together. And so, just
0: have a little patience with us on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so let us know, I guess, what you think on that. But we're we did our best. And just a huge thank you again to everybody who came out to do this. Um, Again, these aren't all professional podcasters who have tons of audio equipment. So we were. People were laying in bed and crying and all <laughs> sorts of things. So it, it was, it's, it is like, uh, like Catherine said, this is the real shit. This it isn't really just is.
2: stage. One last thing I want to say is, um, please, if you commit to listening to this, make sure you listen to the last episode. You're going to hear me talk about that on the last episode, but it's so often that in my opinion in our society, we rush through We rush to the next thing. We don't pause and transition. We don't take time to conclude. And I just, we all, the three of us talked after the conclusion one, and we all agreed that it would really be sad if you missed that one. So Mm -hmm. if we've got you here, please stick in and listen to the last one. There is more value in it than you would assume there would be, even though there's not somebody on the hot seat, hearing the takeaways and the reflection, it, it, it just wraps it up so beautifully. So please hang in. And
0: I have one last really quick thing to (laughs) mention. They're never going to get to the episode, (laughs) but I just want to say that this this series is focused on couples. However, Catherine, you've mentioned that you are going to be doing individual uh, individual Power of Witness. You're going to try that in March too. So just keep that in mind. And as you listen to this, that you're going to be offering different versions of power of witness as well yes
2: and the other thing we'll mention is we put it out to couples that have been on normalizing non-monogamy we did not have a preference about them being heteronormative couples married couples how long they've been together Um, we actually, I don't even think we necessarily said couples. It was just couples that reached out to us. And so that is, this is the group that formed naturally. And we are certainly not closed to the idea of having different types of those, of those um, groups in the future. And yes, we did have some people reach out in, in actually within this group and say, it would be kind of interesting to do this just on my own. So I'm going to be offering a men's power of witness individual and a women's, power of witness individual and of course that's identifying as men and identifying as women whatever that means to you um to see that you know it will be certainly a different experience but i think equally as powerful
1: yeah
0: okay do you I
2: think,
0: think we ready. should
1: maybe let let them listen to it now
0: <laughs> yeah now that it's been like 20 minutes
1: <laughs> thank just, you well thank yes no thank you to everybody for listening to this enjoy i think just based on how difficult and how moving some of this stuff is we felt it was important to really lay a a solid foundation for it so thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy this and we'll see you in a quick outro and then yeah then it's time to rock and roll it's
0: time to rock and roll Welcome everyone to The Power of Witness. Uh, we're super excited to be collaborating with Catherine on this project and can't believe that you all agreed to be here. We're so excited.
1: Yeah. Thank you all. Heartfelt thank you uh, to all eight of you for taking the taking the time out of this kind of crazy time of the year and just it's going to be vulnerable and difficult and we just wanted to say a huge thank you for supporting the work we're doing and the work Catherine does Um,
0: and making this a priority and
1: and helping other people. We know it's going to be very, very useful. So just thank you. Thank you.
0: And we wanted to start by just having, going around and doing quick introductions. And I think we should start with Catherine. Okay. Um, So my name is Catherine. I am a
2: therapist and coach and have been for over 15 years, my business is expansive connection coaching. And this idea of putting people on the hot seat and being witnessed and um being witnesses um, is something that's really near and dear to my heart. Um idea that I had of a few months ago and set into motion and have been blown away with the momentum of what's happened when people will step in the ring and be vulnerable like this. And so to be able to extend the work that Emma and Finn are doing and have some of their guests come back and be willing to jump in the ring with me and go a little deeper in their sharing, the sharing of themselves is pretty legendary to me and exciting. Um, So I'm really happy to be here. So I have been non-monogamous for officially for five years. My husband and I had a short um, experience in this before we got married. And then I think thought we had to get married and grow up and put it on the shelf. And then 10 years later, um, stumbled back into this part of our life, which was wonderful. And so we started with probably what we would traditionally call swinging, um, always together. And then it sort of morphed into couples dating. Uh, we've certainly been to clubs and been on cruises and gone to to parties and, and had the, the, the more sexually focused experiences, but we always found that we really enjoyed having, um, more of a relational connection with people. And so that turned into couples dating, which we have enjoyed. And then we've also had separate sexual play as well as um, in the last year or so, started to experiment with more separate relational experiences. And I am going to have a secondary relationship that I'm committed to. um, And we have some friends with benefits that we enjoy having a good relational connection as well as a sexual connection with other partners. So we've, we've run the gamut, um, working through growing. I'd say that we always are looking to stay in our growth edge. And when we first got into this, our growth edge was much more focused on our sexuality because we got together very young. And so that's how we continue to grow and push each other is to explore our sexuality. And then as we've moved through it, we have found that we grow, our growth edge tends to be more relational, starting together and now doing some big growing in the realm of dating separately. So that's our story.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, as always, Catherine, for everything. You've been on the show more than anybody other than Emma and me. So thank you. Thank you, as as always, for everything you do for the community and, and your work. Next, we'll go, we'll kick it over to our tonight's hot seat, Bill and Felice. They were on episode... Uh, episodes 42 and 130.
3: Hi. Hi. We're Felice and uh, Bill, and we've uh, been a couple for 37 years, married for 35. Uh, we started out swinging, uh, and it probably evolved. So now at this point, it's more combination with swinging and poly. We date separately. Uh, I probably have more. Uh, deep relationships than police does but uh, we have a number of separate
1: friends and occasionally get together and do more swinging things awesome awesome
0: thank you for being here
1: yeah for sure uh next up we'll head over to david and amanda thank you both for being here uh episode 53 so some of the waybacks (laughs) earlier
4: on I'm David. <laughs> I'm Amanda. Uh, and um, we have been partners for six years. Um, 36. Well, six, six or 36, depending on you <laughs> count it. Um, we work together. We're, we're together pretty much 24 hours a day. Um, and we have been open um, since we met. We call it what? Open together. Open together. Um, which has meant that um, we've explored um, a variety of Different sort of, I would say, swinging scenarios, kink, BDSM. Um,
5: We're really win in Rome people. Uh, we'll we'll try anything twice.
4: The you know the range of ethical non monogamy is something that. Um, has interested us in a lot of ways, and, and really we kind of connected around a common interest in um, in human sexuality and, and ethical non-monogamy, and so um, um, we we seem to do most things together at this point, although we both have, I guess, dated independently, and at times enjoy that as well. Awesome. Is that fair? Yes.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And then we have Jack and Jill and they were on episode ninety seven and then our focus Friday is episode one point seven
6: hi, we're Jill and Jack and uh, we would we've been we've been married for nineteen years and have been non-monogamous for about two years. Uh, our first our first the lifestyle was at desire down in Mexico and that was amazing. and I would say we identify as swingers we like we like to experience this together at this point and we like to do things together not much on labels we're we're open to where the connections take us in that jill
1: sounds about right (laughs) perfect (laughs) perfect well again thank you both for being here um we'll jump over to last but definitely not least laura and casey you're on episode
7: 105 Hey, hey, this is Laura. I'm Casey. We have been together for about 20 years and married for close to 12. Then we started the non-monogamy journey about five or six years ago. And from there, we started with swinging and then we dabbled in opening up. And then now we are monogamous. Because of COVID. Well. Mostly. Because of COVID and emotional stuff. <laughs>
1: Which, I, so. which we're going to hear all about, right? <laughs>
7: <laughs> of course. I mean, that's why we're here, right? <laughs> yep. Awesome. <laughs> well,
0: thank you, everyone. Yeah, so. for... oh, go ahead. Sorry.
7: Oh, no. I just was saying that's kind of where we are now. Perfect. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for being here. We really appreciate it. And we'll turn it over to Catherine. She's going to start talking about how, we, how to give feedback so we can jump right in.
2: All right. So the first thing that I want to make sure that everybody understands is is how to give appropriate feedback. And, and I want to teach you this because it's vital to making this process of witnessing each other and being witnessed as effective as I think it can be. But I also love to teach this because as you practice giving appropriate feedback to the couple that's on, that has been on the hot seat... When you have been on the hot seat and you hear appropriate feedback, these skills are skills that you can use with each other, with your within your couple, with other partnerships that you have. Honestly, this works really well with children, with parents, with coworkers. Um, it, it's a it's a really solid skill to have. So. It's something that I feel really passionate about teaching right away because it's a skill you can use right away and vitally important to this process that I'm asking this journey. I'm asking you to go on with me. All right. So we're going to start with what not to do. And then I'm going to tell you what you should do. All right. First thing we want you to not do is give advice. So I remember when I was, because I'm a, went to grad school for counseling People are always saying, well, give me advice. What, t- tell us what we're supposed to do. And when we, st- when I started grad school, they said, what we will do in the next two years is beat out the idea of giving advice. You cannot, that's not what, what your clients want. If you give advice to someone and it goes really well, they don't get to take, take the, the benefit and the great feeling of doing something well because they didn't decide. It was your idea. If you give them advice and it goes really poorly, they don't have to take any responsibility for what they did because they can blame it on you. And so giving advice takes the locus of control away from the person. I never thought of it like that. So this is not the time to, after the person, after the couple has been on the hot seat, this is not where we give advice and tell them what they should have done. So no, like I would have done it like blah, blah, blah. Or maybe you should have said blah, blah, blah. Now, hot seat couple may want some advice. They may say, does anybody have a, a great tip for how to better approach a couple at desire. We have a MeWe group, an online group for, for us. That's a great place where the hot seat couple can write and say, can you give me advice on this? The difference becomes is now it is solicited. That's how we want advice. Nobody wants unsolicited advice. Or unsolicited dick pics. But anyway, we want your advice to, we want advice to be solicited. So if you all would like advice from each other, please feel free to do that and ask for it specifically. And even the realm, the more specifically you ask for advice, the better chance it is that you will only get advice on what you've asked about instead of opening it up like you want advice on everything. What else we want, what I want, what else I want you to not do is judge. Of course, this is a bit preaching to the choir here. Um everybody's got their own way of doing this. And then they have done a great job putting this in front of us every week, reminding us that everyone does this differently. So don't yuck anybody, don't yuck anybody's yum, avoid judgment. And then also I want you to avoid platitudes or what I call what I call well at least. So platitudes like, oh, you guys are a great couple, you're gonna be fine. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't make me feel seen or heard at all if I hear that. Like, did you hear what we were just fighting about? It's lovely to say something like, "Wow, your connection is really strong," and it, it, I, I noticed the strength of it by X, Y, and Z with something specific. But just a platitude like, "You guys are a great couple, so you'll be fine." That's not really. That's not how we're wanting to show up in this feedback. Um, Well, at least he told you he cheated, and you didn't have to find out. The well, at least thing. I feel like when we do that, we take away from a person's pain when we try to give them the bright side to look at. So the other thing we don't want to start a sentence with is, well, look on the bright side and fill in the blank. So when we give any of these messages of advice or what I would have done, when we judge someone, when we give them platitudes or well, at least these messages can feel very dismissive, especially after someone has been really vulnerable. And so the way that they can, they can sound dismissive is that they can have an underlying message, something like this. Your struggle made me uncomfortable. Try this so I can feel better. Another one might be you're broken and I know better. Another one, hurry up and do better again, because I'm uncomfortable (laughs) or I don't want to have to sit in the suck with you. It makes me uncomfortable. So can you feel better sooner? When we give advice we tell them what we, they should have done. When we judge and give platitudes, these are the messages we're giving. After someone's being, been vulnerable, that is not what they want to hear. So how do we approach people who have been vulnerable in a way that lets them know that they have been they have been seen, they have been heard, they have been understood, and they're loved anyway, which I always like to remind people that's if we distill it down, that's what most all of us humans want. It motivates so much of our behavior. We want to be seen, heard, understood and loved anyway. So here our hot seat couple is gonna go and put themselves out there. What can we do as their witnesses to make sure they feel seen and heard and understood and loved anyway? We are gonna express our, fi- our feelings genuinely when it's your turn to give feedback. The expression of emotion has far greater value than the expression of ideas or information. Again, we have a, an online community where we can share those ideas and information, but after someone has been vulnerable, the power of you sharing your emotions and how you feel is, it's hard to quantify. It's so powerful. Try to take the risk and let yourself be emotionally available and vulnerable as you share what what the what impact their story had on you. Try to be clear, as clear and direct as possible when you give feedback. Try to be open to the responses of how other people have said things. So even if it's different, just roll with that and share your own experience. Sometimes telling a story is a way of being known. It can be a default where we want to say, you know, that reminds me of a time when X, Y, and Z. And oftentimes stories can be connective, but in this setting, they tend to come off as a way to avoid dialogue and intimacy. It can be a way to take the attention away from the couple that has been on the hot seat. So aiming for, for sharing that fosters understanding of, your, of the experience instead of just a monologuing kind of story. You wanna share how you were impacted by what they shared and processed. You wanna keep your feedback focused on you. So here's an example. Hearing Jim say that he didn't feel heard hit me like a ton of bricks. I realized that's my biggest fear of my for my partner. I worry that he doesn't feel heard by me either, okay? So we're talking about Jim being on the hot seat, but this person is giving feedback about how hearing what Jim said struck a chord. Another one. Wow, Sally, when you admitted that you felt abandoned during the hotel party, it put words to the feeling that I had last weekend. Thank you for sharing that. You also want to try to be as specific as possible. We all, um, as humans, we're very, we're suckers for specificity because it shows that you saw me, heard me, understand me and love me anyway. Not that you see and hear and understand people in general but there's something in your feedback that's so specific and unique to me that it's impossible for me to overlook that you saw, heard, and understood me. Specificity. Also, I'll give you a little tip. When you give people compliments, the more specific and unique they are to that person, the better they land. Um, So this is one that you can practice in your feedback, but also practicing the specificity can be really helpful as you're flirting and dating. All right. And then finally, you always want to end your feedback after you've given when you're when you're giving them feedback after they've been on the hot seat by sharing, by thanking them for what they shared and thanking them for being vulnerable. Make space with your words to acknowledge the hard work that they just did. Okay. Another way that I'll describe it is um, we talk a lot in this in this process about me inviting all of you to the top row of the bleachers where you get to watch a couple down in their, in their play. And by play, I mean the, the emotional struggle that they might be having. So another thing is if you're, if you're struggling about what to give feedback for, if you imagine yourself up on the top row of the bleachers watching, is there something that you learned about relationships in general, about your own relationship, from being able to see it at the top row of the bleachers? That can be a nice lead-in for feedback if you're feeling a little nervous about what to say. Any questions, thoughts, comments, as you've learned some ideas about how to give more appropriate feedback?
1: I will just throw one out there that maybe uh, all of us should be kind to ourselves that if if this is new to us and we haven't done this before, that uh, we probably will make mistakes and we'll do our best to get there. But uh, we have to be patient with ourselves and patient with each other. So I just wanted to offer that out there ahead of time.
2: It's a wonderful point. It is a wonderful point. And I promise I'll be nice. If you give advice, then I might say something like, okay, that sounds like a great discussion for us to put in me. bill, can you tell me a little bit more about how it sat with you? Like, that's probably how I'll say it. So I tend to be, I turn it out to be too harsh. I won't let you wiggle out of it, but I will wiggle you back to where we need to be in a, in a kind way. That's what I promise to you. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts or questions about giving feedback? All right, well let's jump in. We're gonna do a little, we're gonna do some icebreaker um explanation. So this is this is an interesting group to start because all of these, all of you have been brave enough. All of us, I should say. Emma and Finn, I've been on there and told my story. All of us have put our stories out to the people that are gonna be listening to us. And so I didn't want us to do just typical, here's who we are, blah, blah, blah. I wanted it to be something that I was pretty darn sure you had not covered in the podcast. So in the, the two questions that I'm going to ask you, the first one is very much in the spirit of the kind of disclosure and vulnerability that we're looking for in this group. So I'm going to ask you to share each of you, not as a couple collectively, but each of you to share the best and worst moment for your relationship since you've been in non-monogamy. I want you to keep this focus on your relationship not on a hilarious horror story or some super sexy snapshot with others. Those are lovely, but I want it to really be specific about you. So I'm going to give, I'm going to go first to give an example. First, let me give the example of what I don't want you to say. (laughs) So the not, the the what not to do would be if I said, oh, well, our best moment was that steamy side-by-side parallel play at the Cabana and Desire with that couple from Chicago. That was a fantastic moment in our non-monogamous journey, but that's not really what we're looking for here. The worst one I might say, oh, it was that time when that couple showed up for, our, for the date in sweatpants and they talked about their stockpile to prepare for an alien invasion the whole time. Yeah, that was not a great moment. But that's not what we're going for here. So this is more the flavor I'm looking for. For me, the best moment in our non-monogamous relationship so far is feeling my husband, my partner's true happiness to see me happy that has been happening since I've been growing in in intimacy with this, with another partner of mine. And I keep being scared that he's going to, it's going to be too much that it's not allowed that I'm not supposed to love this other person. or I'm not, it's not okay for me to be loved by two people. And every time I go back to him, he just gets happier and happier for my happiness. That is an amazing feeling of validation to have another human be that happy for me. And it's such a great, Best moment in our relationship because I see it as the as a testament to the hard hard work we've done on ourselves and our relationship to make it strong enough for me to introduce this higher level this deeper level than to with someone else and for it to not feel like a threat threat to our attachment. That's been the best moment for me so far. The worst moment is years ago when I felt really insecure and I not only didn't encourage him, but discouraged him to have the type of connection he was he wanted to have with a, a play partner of ours. And I knew that he wanted it, but I was just so scared and threatened by it, which I will say though, was the catalyst that started the work that we have done to make my best moment possible. So... That's the best worst kind of example of that I'd like to hear. Of what have been the best and worst moments for you personally in your relationship since nonmonogamy? And then the second one's fun. If you two were going to be stuck on a deserted island, but had all of the essentials you needed for your personal well being, what three things would you bring to best serve your relationship while you're stuck on the deserted island? All right. Each couple is going to have eight minutes to answer both of those questions. I'm going to start my timer and I'll give you a warning. And then after the couple, after each couple goes, the rest of us will practice giving feedback about what we heard. So we all get a chance to practice this feedback thing. So shall we go in maybe order of how the hot seats are going to be? All right. Well, Bill and Felice, you are up first. And then we will have Jack and Jill. So my personal
8: best is seeing bill blossom sexually and to see him find uh, different parts of himself, you know, the being dominant and just starting to feel confident in his sexuality. Um, That's, that's been the best and the worst. Well, and also, (laughs) well, the worst is kind of got a silver lining. So, you know, is that I had fallen in love with somebody, but then, but Bill was okay with it. And, um, but that turned, I, he, the guy broke up with me. So that was kind of sad and (laughs) everything, but it was a silver lining in that Bill you know, Bill and I were okay with somebody else falling in love with somebody else. I guess my worst moment is just um, I I like parties and Bill doesn't, and kind of going to a party and leaving him, letting him just say I got to do this, and he's very uncomfortable. And I don't think that was a a positive um, kind of moment for us. Thanks for sharing
3: so, that, please. Mm-hmm. So, so I think the the best moment for us, or the best thing, was uh, kind of the, the relationship we've built with our girlfriend. It's kind of it's both of us together. Um, there's definite love, and it's definitely just a, a wonderful addition to our lives. It's uh, being open to it and being able to build and and grow that relationship has been. Just something marvelous to see. And I think also being open to love, uh, and, you know, love with more than one person. I guess the worst moment for me was kind of in the wake of that breakup that Felice talked about. Um, she came back from a vacation with them where the breakup happened, and it was just, she was just distraught and torn up and just... You know, she, she hurt for a long time and I hated seeing her that way. I hated seeing the way that he made her feel. And, um, just, I I think part of her never completely healed from that. And so she kind of closed off a little bit of herself to falling in love again with somebody else. And that kind of hurts me actually. Oh, the fun one. Oh, the fun one. (laughs)
8: I'd say I can't think of a third, but I'd say my meds <laughs> music and a good Wi-Fi. <laughs> I don't I don't know.
2: And is there is there anything that's that's specific about those that you can tell us how that serves your relationship, those things, if you're willing to share?
8: Yeah, I'm I'm bipolar, so my meds are important. Um, one of the um so to keep me level and keep me functioning correctly, I need my meds. So that's definitely, I hope that does that may not be essential or that may not be in the part of the essential stuff, but
2: for well, me, I would, I think that's lovely though, because it would be part of your personal essentials, but I think that you bringing it into how it serves your relationship is really beautiful. Oh yeah. Because, it's
8: important. It's yeah. very important for me to, to be stable and rational. And, um, that's important. And then music is, I'm as a dancer all my life. So music's very important to me. Even today, it's just, I have to have music on to think, to do my work, to do anything. I have to have music. I'm a happier person when I'm listening to good music. Um, I think Bill enjoys music too. So our, our musical, You know, connection is cool. We talk a lot about different types of music. I bring home new music. He brings new music. It's a real.
3: We have sex music.
8: We have sex music. (laughs) I used it the other day when I had a friend over and they said, that's a good playlist. I said, Bill made it. (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) And your third one was um, Wi-Fi. So how does that serve you? You got to have
8: the music and. Okay keep in touch with people. I don't know. That was just, I pulled that one out of mine. Love it. Love it. How about for you, Bill?
3: So so for me, I'll just say, this was so hard. I I just don't, I just don't see things in the relationship. You know, it, you know, so I thought of things like, okay, well, I I could really use some exercise equipment because the way I keep myself balanced and even is, to work out. And if I don't work out, I'm, I'm a dick. I mean, just
2: beautiful. I, <laughs> I love it. I love,
3: I mean, so I need, you know, I, I need that. I could probably put all three of them as exercise equipment. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I thought, I thought about a good sex toy. Um, you know, cause it's fun. To, that's fun to incorporate in things. Um, yeah,
2: absolutely. Great. You
3: no. Know, and then I, and then after that, I, I just, I just run out of, uh, of good ideas. I just, I don't. I'm not a thing kind of person as part of the relationship. Um, All
2: right. Fair enough.
3: Um, As fun as you thought it would be. I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. Basically, though, that means that um, anybody else, we have one extra thing you get to bring on the island. (laughs) Bill Bill didn't take it. So somebody gets four. So if 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 you're having trouble narrowing it down, you can thank Bill for the gift.
3: I'll, I'll accept payment.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. So now, thank you both for sharing. So now I'm going to ask um, everyone else to give feedback about what um, what Bill and Felice shared. As you can imagine, the beginning part of what they shared is probably more vulnerable for them. So that's where I'd put most of your your feedback. But if it's you know if you want to make a comment about their their desert island, then please feel free. Who'd like to start?
6: This is Jack here. I'll go first. Uh, I love what I loved hearing in both of you talk is your connection and it's so (laughs) counter-cultural. It's so, it's so against what, what most of us have been taught, I would say. And I love seeing the connection that you two have and how that doesn't mean that there's just love enough for between you two, but it's infinite. So thank you.
9: Yeah. I'm going to chime in on what, um, Jack has to say on that is the the example you give of the infinity of love that there isn't there isn't some bucket that runs out and um and it needs to be hoarded or kept it it multiplies as you give it I I love seeing that
2: in both of you
4: thank you Lovely.
2: thank you all right who else would like to go ahead and do their feedback
4: we we're, we're, we're happy to provide some um, just thanks for um, the love that we could feel between the two of you as um, as you spoke and and um, the way that you take care of each other just really came through and um, whether it was in packing or in remembering those good times and those challenging times, you could really feel it. So thank you. I
2: would echo that. <laughs> okay. Thank you, David and Amanda.
7: Welcome. This is Laura. What really, what really hit home for me, Bill, is when you were expressing how, when she came home from that trip and you could really feel her pain that, you know, really didn't have anything to do with you personally and how that really, really hurt. Um, and that you really wanted to help her was just such a touching, um, story. So, I know it's a negative, but um, that just really hit home for me. So thank you for sharing that with us.
10: Yeah, I you know want to mimic what everybody else is saying is is you know I know that the podcast people listening can't see it, but to see the way um, you know the police uh, really really looks at you, Bill, you can just see that connection when you guys are sharing these uh, you know these stories. Um, that that you know it just made me smile because that's that's just you know that's we're all here to strive for um and it it also made me really scared and nervous because the feelings that you guys have been able to work through um really scared me um so that's where my mind's at right now is holy cow that's a lot of work that's you know that's where i want to get to but to see where i'm at it, it seems really daunting
2: Wow, and thank you, Casey, for that vulnerability that you showed in your feedback. Um, the, that was lovely. Thank you.
0: We'll chime in too. So, I just wanted to echo as well. Thank you for showing the love. Like the love between both of you was very obvious. And uh, as the, what has already been said, the the hurt that you felt, Bill, in for your partner for Felice was very evident and. I just want to thank you for sharing that and thank you for being vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I was going to build on Casey's fear piece that I hadn't even really thought of it until Bill was talking about it, that the, you know, as Emma and I have started to think about having deeper connections, you know, we typically had looked at this as more of a swinging approach until, you know, the last year or two where we opened ourselves up to that. And then thinking about you tend to sometimes think about yourself like well i don't want to get hurt but now thinking about well if emma falls for somebody and then she gets hurt like hearing bill talk about like felice coming home and like she's in pain she's hurting and there's nothing he can do other than be there for her and that's like like my worst nightmare is not being able to fix something immediately so yeah i'm having second thoughts on this whole situation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not really, but I think it just, I hadn't even thought about like that feeling of helplessness. So thank you.
2: Bill. i oh, so sweet. Um, and I also just wanted to say similarly, Bill, I, I went through, uh, in one of the roller coasters I've gone through with the person that I'm, that I'm dating, my husband really was just there for me as I was hurting. And I remember feeling guilty for taking my pain to him. And he said, why would you not? This is a chance for me to love and support you, whether you're happy or you're sad. And then I was like doing what Felice is doing over here, wiping her eyes like, oh my God, how does he love me so much? So um, yes, that was really, that really struck me. Um, Bill and Felice to see how, to see your emotions so clearly as Bill was talking about his love for you. That was really beautiful. And great job to all of you for first time feedback it's great. So Bill and Felice, I'm going to send it back to you for just a second and I want you to share with us how it felt to beyond to to or how it felt to hear this feedback.
8: It's very touching. And um I'm I'm kind of a person that wants to erase the past and move forward, you know, but it kind of took me back to that spot again but Bill was it's so weird to have your husband defend you for falling in love with another (laughs) man and um, that was the silver lining of all of it even though I couldn't see it at the time but coming out of it and just being there um, and realizing that I could love more than one person at a time and bill was okay with it was a huge step forward. I mean, it's, 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 it was great. I, I mean, there was so much positivity that came out of that negativity, like twofold, Yeah, but it's nice to hear that. Um, I'm, I'm still scared. So, um, somebody mentioned that they were scared and, uh, I really try hard not to fall in love anymore. (laughs) And, um, Bill hates that, that um, I can't,
3: that I'm
8: limiting myself to that. Um, cause it's still kind of raw, but, uh, yeah, it's nice to hear. And I don't want to scare anybody by that because you can learn a lot from falling in love with somebody, even if it, and, and Dan Savage always says, even short term relationships can be successful.
2: Yes, I that, love that,
8: that from that your
2: that podcast thing. Bill, what was it like for you to hear the feedback on what
3: you I, shared? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm really appreciative that you know people connected with hearing that. Um, I mean, it, you know, listening to to the to Casey talk about you know being scared. Um, I understand that. I mean, it's kind of a scary thing, and I'm just kind of one of these people that jumps in with both feet, which is Probably why I'm why I'm here tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. All right. Well, thank you for doing that.
3: Yeah. And so I yeah it's just um, yeah I'm just a, a, and I'm appreciative for the experience. I mean the life experience that I've got, both good and bad, has been been fantastic.
8: And uh, but the feedback was really nice. And it was. And, um,
3: I, I feel appreciated. Yeah. And,
8: exactly. You, know, you guys I'm are very nice. We're very much in love with each other. And. Mm-hmm. You know, and that showed, I guess, and I like that that it showed.
2: <laughs> good, yes, okay, good. So that was a great first try at practicing this. Good work, you guys. All right, so um, let's see. Jack and Jill, are you ready to jump on your mini seat? You bet. All right, so remember, you're showing so, what your best and worst, and then what you're bringing on the island.
6: Absolutely. I would say my best is the, uh, as Catherine knows in some of our previous work, I would tend toward being the gas in the relationship <laughs> and I'm learning how to coast and when it, when I need to and, and learning that balance of, of, of coasting and pushing, pushing the, the, the limit a bit, hitting the gas, feathering the gas at times. And I also love the compersion of what this journey has to offer us. One of my, wise of the lifestyle is the uh, seeing Jill and in, in her element <laughs> being at play and I love that and I would say the worst for me has has been when I've just not been aware because of being in my own head or just where I'm at in life of where Jill is at and just running running over her feelings and and what she needs to to thrive. So, what I'm bringing to the island is bourbon. I'm also bringing beach beds because those that hot sex on cabana beds in Mexico, yeah, that's kind of a thing. Way so.
2: better than on the sand. I mean, it sounds sexy, but it's right. just not no good for anybody.
6: Right. Yeah. 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 Like okay. yeah. And that's and you too. know it, it doesn't work well in a wet suit. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, and then also I'm gonna add some some ben, or some bumper plates because I love Olympic lifting. I'm going to add that to Bill's workout
2: apparatus mm-hmm.
6: because if I can't snatch it, I'll just jerk it. So,
2: oh, it. wow. All right. Going for it. All right, Jill.
9: <laughs> okay, my turn. So um I'm going to start with the worst feeling in the last couple of years for me has been um, not using my voice for what I want or need, and then having the evening derailed by resentment and anger. And, and it just kind of, it's like a snowstorm takes over the evening, and we, I end up with deleting or derailing the enjoyment that the evening could have had. So that leads right into my best moment, and that is finding the power of using my voice to ask for what I need and want, which has helped me break the cycle of codependency. And in that for, for Jack, like when I don't use my voice, seeing the disappointment and like the confusion and then the, um, on the opposite side where I do use it and the delight the both of us find in, <laughs> in watching me grow that way. But just in the way it brings us together and for the island. Uh, coconut oil, because that keeps all things in relationship well lubricated. Um, I'm going to bring a few friends, and I'm going to bring a few books, because I just need some time away from everybody with a book.
2: I love it. And any any particular type of friends, like what do they what do they need to do to help serve your relationship?
9: Be really funny. Mm-hmm. Then you have a great sense of humor. Maybe have some benefits. <laughs>
2: Of course. <laughs> Actually, can I, can I weigh in on your island? <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I will um, share that um, I have worked and they have given me permission to tell you this, that I have worked with Jack and Jill um, privately. And I will say just right off the bat, it has been such an absolute joy to watch um, what both of you shared in your, in your your wins and your struggles. Um, it's been just such an absolute honor to watch the growth that you both have taken from your best moments and your hard moments. So that's
10: the feedback I'd like to give.
2: Who'd like to go next?
10: Thank you. Okay, hey, I guess we can go. Um,
2: so this is Laura and Casey.
10: Oh yeah. Sorry. Are we doing feedback? Yep. Yes. Um, it was interesting to, to hear how, Jack, you feel like you're the, you're the gas all the time. Um, I feel like I'm the brake all the time. So hearing, hearing somebody being concerned about the same thing I am um, kind of struck home for me and and just brings up a lot of the, the moments that we encountered um, throughout this whole exploration. And thank you for sharing that. Uh,
7: and uh, Flora, I, I really appreciated Jill when you were talking about using, using your voice, um, except kind of in another way, because I feel like I am always using my voice and maybe I'm using my voice over Casey. So I, I need to maybe be doing some listening also. So thank you for, for sharing that, you know, it just kind of feels, feels the opposite. I'm definitely the gas. Jack and uh <laughs> also maybe too loud,
3: so I need to be doing some listening.
2: Thank you. And again, thank you for your vulnerability in the feedback you gave. Who's next?
3: So I, when I was listening to Jill talk about uh, not using,
2: and this is Bill and Felice, they're going to go next.
3: When I, when I listened to Jill not talk about not using uh, her voice, I could really feel the pain in that, and it brought brought home some of the same sort of issues in terms of using using my voice, and I could really feel a lot of compassion for that that sense and uh, you know in the struggle that it is,
8: yes, and I really related to Jack and that that the um sometimes you're you're so excited about things and you want to go that you fail to listen to your partner sometimes or you're just go 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 and I always uh have to think about Bill first and I think that it's what he was trying to say and and um that was that was very thought-provoking
2: right thank you for sharing how what so specifically the feet the way that it connects you to the lessons that you're both working on thank you all right. Let's see, David and Amanda, or yeah, you next. Okay.
5: Yes, as you said, David and Amanda, and um, you know, f- for me, Jill, hearing you talk about um, using the power of the of your voice, it it came through for me exceptionally um, hopeful, and the fact that. I guess I kind of feel like I'm on the, the the front end aspect of realizing how important using your voice is both for yourself and for your partner. And then you notice she said that um, the confusion that came from not using her voice and you could really hear kind of the responsibility and, uh, um, and seeing the effects, uh, I guess, of, of having that confidence to, to use it. And so I, I, that sounded hopeful to me and that sounded really exciting. Um, and, and Jack to hear you talk about conversions is just a fascinating idea. And so, uh, it was, it was good to, to hear other people talking about, uh, recognizing that and, and, and seeing it happen. So, you
4: know. Yeah. I mean, I I would just add, I, Jill, I, I felt as you were describing what, it sounded like um, your perception of Jack's frustration or, or even potential hurt in your not using your voice at times was something that just really resonated um, and felt like um, just that the complexity is something that we feel like is, is, uh, is it's really nice to hear you put your voice to it. That was helpful. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that.
2: Great specificity. Thank you, David and Amanda.
0: All right, and then Finn. For do you want to go first? (laughs) For me, I really related, Jill, when you said the piece I picked up on was that you're identifying your wants and needs. That's something that I have been working on for a while, and I realize the importance of. But I also know that I'm not very good at it. And hearing you say that, and then turning it into the best thing was finding the power of your voice was very hopeful because I feel like I'm on that journey too. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah. And I, the reason I deferred to Emma go first is I knew what she was going to say and I knew it was going to feed exactly into what I wanted to say, which is, and it, it gives the context that the, her finding her voice and, and me really relating to Jack and the being the gas, but in, a slight, in, in the way that I I only want to push the gas pedal if I know Emma wants to be in the car and it's and hearing her really tell me I want to go do this, this or this was has always been a critical part and and tying this back to what Jill said <laughs> of um you know getting angry and it ruining what were supposed to be super exciting, you know, magical evenings that these are, these are all just so interlinked and like, we would be in the car to a play, you know, an event and being like, well, what are you excited about? And her not knowing, and then me getting frustrated and then me ruining the evening because I'm frustrated because she doesn't know what she wants. And like, like everything you said was basically us. And that really, <laughs> that really hit home. And I just appreciate knowing that we're not alone and then letting you know that you're not alone. So. Thank you. That
2: was great. I also want to wow. give you just, yeah. thank
1: you all for that.
6: I feel seen.
9: And validated. Yeah, thank you all for the amazing feedback. You know, the best part in all of this is we're all human and we're all so alike. And yet we isolate and we go, But I'm the only one. No we're not. And this is what this so is, is so awesome for. Thank you all.
2: Um, I also want to share something that Jack and Jill and I have talked about many times that um, seems counterintuitive at first, but this idea that every no you give me is a gift so that I can believe your yes. Yeah. Yes. That, Nail. You have been that. nailing that, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Um, let's see. Um, next, we will have.
4: Let's see. It would be David and Amanda. You all will be next. We're up. Well, um, I think one of the reasons that, um, Jack and Jill resonated so much for us is that there are some common themes. Um, I think for me, the experience, um, you know, as I said, our, our relationship has, has been, you know, open since we met and we've really explored together and, um, as Amanda has felt, I think safer, or, or um, you know, there have been times when that exploration has just brought, um, I think, just new pleasures and enjoyments as a person, and seeing that really um, has made me feel kind of floaty. So that is 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 great. Is really a wonderful thing and the negative is that just that that um that when you know um when when feelings of insecurity or or jealousy um kick in that um if i don't give voice to that that um that that can can go to a negative place and so um like i i've, I've found that Sort of embracing it and talking it out has been has been has been better for us. I don't know. Three things. Um, three things. Well, um, you know, I I felt like the essentials were covered, so um, we were going to leave our recreational marijuana in the in the essentials. So we were going to bring. I was thinking like um, an enjoy pure wand because it's flexible and um, um, probably. Probably some chocolate. You really like chocolate, and um, we'll we'll need some massage candles if we're going to be stuck on the island for a long time.
2: Sounds like a lot of good service to your relationship. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda, can you share for us?
5: So, you know, the best for me has been the the kind of I guess the idea of compersion has. Um, That's always kind of been just, I guess, an innate thing inside of me, but I've always thought that that was was what, you know, broke me, right? That was what just didn't make, um, made me different, right? Uh, um, And so seeing you know, somebody who can be jealous to come and and work through those feelings and have the ability and the confidence and um, everything to override, which is, you know, jealousy, which is just bad for everybody. <laughs> um, so that, that has been the I guess the best part. Um, hold, on, hold on, just
2: say let me make sure I'm clarifying this. So, so you're saying that compersion comes really naturally to you and for you, the best moment is to, is to see, is to, has been to see how hard David works to overcome jealousy, to try to try to get to compersion, which maybe doesn't come as naturally to him. Is that, am I hearing that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just make it. Yes.
5: Sure. And just, you know, being able to just see, that, you know, it it is, it is a process that can happen that, you know, somebody kind of has to, to go through that whole thing and recognize it and kind of sit through it and then work through it and kind of come out on the other side. And, and being able to, to give that to my partner is, is just amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. And Uh, how about the hard part for you? And then
5: The hard part is, um, you know, kind of speaking to, you know, what we've kind of heard before too, is I I have argued that, um, we have been fighting to give women a voice for so long that we forgot to teach them how to speak up. (laughs) And, uh, um, you know, that, that is me. And, and, and so have it, you know, uh, not, not having the confidence or just having, um, even really kind of just the 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 knowledge to put the words to kind of my wants needs and desires in, in order to you know as i was saying uh bring my my part of as a savage you know good giving and game you know for me to be that that good giving and game partner um you know i need to be able to do my part and part of that is speaking it and so that has been hard for me um my three things would be uh, the magic wand and uh, some uh, some noise canceling headphones.
4: Sensory <laughs> deprivation.
5: <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, well, and and the enjoy. I guess we're we're we molded together because we both need that ability. <laughs>
2: That's great. That's great. Thank you so much. I wanted to, for I'll go first with feedback. Amanda I especially resonated with that part. Well, resonated and oh, how do I say it? I guess I just really noticed how in the best part you you put something in the best part that I think is really difficult for me, and I see it a lot in my clients, which is the the sitting back and knowing that you just have to let your partner process it, that you can't rush it. It's got to be at his pace and that it's just a process and you ha- only way through it is through it. And you mentioned that in your good part. And I'm like, that's the hard part. <laughs> like, that would be my hard part. And so I just, it just was, really struck me that you were able to put that patience and that allowance of him to have his own pace in your good. Like, wow, that really struck me. Um, Thank you both. All right, who else wants to jump in with some feedback?
6: Okay, this is Jack. I can go. So, what I loved or when Amanda when you talked about or, or, or David and Amanda when you talked about comparison and jealousy and what it brought up for me was and and then also having you know working for having a, the woman have a voice. Um we come from a culture and spoiler alert, you're probably going to hear more about this in our episodes or if you listen to the past of, of we came from a very patriarchal culture. And it's been, I've made some hard choices in doing things to give Jill a voice and women in large a voice. I, I feel that way. But what I see is, is I've been so misguided through the years of trying to make them into versions of me and just uh, that's what it brought up for me and, and just it, it's such a counterintuitive journey to to give to be a part of of assisting women having voices but they're not going to be the version that i think they're going to be the version of them so thank you for that
9: yeah i'll just quickly speak up here also on Jill and just the part of you know, fighting for the voice, but forgetting how to teach, forgetting to teach how to speak up. So that was, that was great. I'm, I resonated with that too.
2: All right. Thank you, Jack and Jill. Bill and Felice, you want to jump in?
8: Yeah, I, I like the discussion, um, or the conversion because I think Bill and I kind of fell into it without realizing we're doing it. But I think it's so fantastic that sh- that uh, Amanda already came to the relationship with conversion um, that is that's huge. Um, I think you probably have a lot of security and uh, I admire that <laughs> because I think you have to have that sense of self so I applaud you on that that's that's really great
2: Really voice yeah.
3: I, I really loved hearing Amanda talk about the compersion. And I think what also stood out was just looking at it and being patient and, and seeing how it came out in, uh, in David and the joy of when it did. And, and, you know, feeling that joy was really something special to hear about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you. Lauren,
7: Casey. Well, I feel like it's kind of been. Already, but I I also can hear when when David you were talking about jealousies and insecurities, and I just I just heard you really be be vulnerable in that moment and say you know that was something that you really had to work through, and I just appreciate you calling that out. Thank you.
10: Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed listening to Amanda. you know, your best moment was something that your partner struggles with. But I mean, I, I don't know you very well, but it, I, I'm i assuming you don't have any or you don't have the same jealousy issues that a lot of us face or those feelings. Um, and from my standpoint, it seemed like even though that is something that comes easy to you, you were able to recognize, you know, somebody else's real struggle with that and know how how hard it is for them to deal with that. I think it's sometimes easy and something comes so easy to us just to blow off the other people's feelings because it's so hard for us to wrap our brain around. Um, but I thought you you were able to do that. And it really just, I, I don't know, it makes me just think about how someone is able to to really think about somebody else in that way. So thank you. I don't know if that sounded, I don't, I don't know if I put words to what's really in my head. but, but Thank you
2: sounded great from here. And it also, it's, I just want to point out that you both are like, well, it's already been said, but then you said it and said things in a very different and insightful way. So good job. Thank you. All right, Emma and Finn. Do
0: you want to go first this time? No. <laughs> um, I can also relate to the compersion and jealousy conversation for sure. But the other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, David, you'd said seeing the joy of seeing Amanda and her element is amazing. And I can really relate to that as well. There's been times in certain situations where I've seen Finn in just in a side of him that he doesn't show very often and just complete difference from kind of the day-to-day personality that I see but I know underneath he has a lot more to him and certain situations can really bring that out and it's just been really amazing to see so I can relate to what you said um thank you for doing that
1: I guess we'll have to edit that out um no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no uh I think yeah I mean I know we've all said it here but the the sort of the disparity between Amanda's compersion and David's jealousy that resonates hard, uh, over here. And, and that patience that you spoke about needing the patience to wait and to, you know, sit with David and work through that. Um, yeah, you're not alone. I think that's maybe the best way to put it. And that, and it's, it's exciting to see, and it's good to know that again you're not alone and we're not alone. So, thank you.
2: All right. So, David and Amanda, thank you all for giving feedback. David and Amanda, if you will just quickly share what it felt like to be witnessed and hear that feedback. Um, well,
5: yes, thank you for all of the feedback. It it, it felt really good to 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 hear others talk about um, you know, just jealousy and and compersion and know that i might have a um different perspective that that others haven't
4: haven't witnessed yet that that felt good it was just yeah it was good good to hear that we're all feeling like we're hearing things that we all face That, that that feels affirming thank you
2: great thank you so much for sharing with us all right so lauren casey you ready to bring us up here at the end Oh yeah, we're
7: ready. (laughs) Should I go
10: first? Sure.
7: Okay. So best in terms of non-monogamy bringing to her relationship is I feel like it's almost like a forced, uh, excessive communication. (laughs) Like we can't just like skim over things. We can't just like you know, surface level everything, like when it comes to non monogamy, we really have to like get like into it. Like we really have to like get deep and, and really like be in it. And I think that I actually enjoy that, that part like a lot. Sorry, I'm a little emotional because since we're not really practicing non monogamy, that's not really something we are forced to do anymore. So it's kind of a rough time for me. So I guess that would be like a bad part. Um, but I think the the worst time that I was thinking of before I got cry was uh, just kind of being like a, alone in it. If Casey was with like somebody else and I wasn't able to get in touch with him, that was like a really tough, tough time for me because we. In non-monogamy before, we were always doing stuff together, so in, like, an alone time, that was kind of not not awesome for me, so. Mm-hmm. And then on the island, I'm going to move to that because it's a little less cry-inducing, so on the island, um, I don't really, I can't really think of anything, like, I would want, like, a full community of, of other humans, like, that's <laughs> what really fills my cup. So, could that be on the island? Like, does it have to be a deserted island, or could it be like an island full of other people that were like related to me and like wanted to like be my friends? Not, okay. not even friends with benefits. Just like my friends, that would be fine. Okay, I'll grant it. And then that's all. That's all I really need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're like, I only want one, but it's a big ask. <laughs> it's a, it's like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> granted, my dear. Granted. <laughs> Oh, thank you for sharing that and for getting so vulnerable. And also, I will also, I will say I really appreciate you owning your tears and emotion. Because keep in mind, so many of we don't we don't have the we won't be able to see you. And so, thank you for speaking your tears. And that's something I'll ask everybody to do so that our listeners can follow along. So, thank you for being vulnerable enough to say something that gets you emotional, and then also for owning how emotional you were and sharing that with us. Casey, you want to share this.
10: Yeah, so my best and worst moments, I mean, I'm I'm a little more I guess specific, but they happened very, you know, it was funny because of how close in succession they happened. Uh one of my best moments was um when Laura and I were driving back uh road trip and we just had this amazing level of connection that I think I'm constantly seeking uh and probably put too much of a, of an emphasis on, but it was just the, the things we shared and the, the, you know, just zero judgment and really there and listening to each other. It was just a really powerful moment um, mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then the, you know, so that happened. And maybe a few days later, um, you know, we got into, you know, a, a, some jealousy and argument. And so then to see, you know, how close we are to that level of connection is really nice. But then to see also how far away we are from being able to kind of control and, and have power over our, our feelings, um, you know, to be so great one moment and a shit show the next uh, was, was really eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Desert Island. I need a huge shop with as many tools and fun stuff inside of it as I can. So just one shop, but there's so many things inside of it. Um, I, I think a Sibian, I think is how it's pronounced. I've always wanted one of those, but they're like kind of not really very logical like, just to have and keep it in a, in a small house with kids. Um, and then I was thinking in my head, it would be really cool if I had like a, a, a person vending machine where you could just kind of get, a guy or a girl maybe two or three or 14 of them to out of this vending machine and, and join us for a little while that would be fun
2: i just i gotta say and i'm not surprised and i love that this crew wouldn't follow the rules you know like um okay catherine so here so so i see where you're going but i'm gonna just break the rules and you know like bring all my friends to the deserted island <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to have a person vending machine. And I love the creativity for how much you want to break the rules and then how you will make that happen. Like, that's such a perfect <laughs> metaphor for non-monogamous people. <laughs> you know? It's just so good. And then I also wanted to say to you, Casey, that your, the in your specificity, as you described your best moment, I felt like I was watching the two of you drive down a highway with the wind in your hair and the sun and in a convertible and singing the songs. It was like watching a movie of the two of you. And then I could really feel your pain in the, um, the swing of how you can feel the best of the best and then quickly can feel the worst of the worst and how that, that swing sounds really painful to you. You didn't exactly say it that way, but I could, I really felt like I could hear and resonate in the pain of the quick flip. Thank you both for
0: sharing. Who else wants to give
1: feedback? We'll go first this time.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Do
1: you want to go first? No,
0: you go. I I, <laughs> I was getting my thoughts together. <laughs> so They may not recognize your voices, but that's Emma <laughs> Fair
1: point. It's, it's fair our point. show;
0: they should know our voices. No, I'm just kidding. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to echo Catherine on the flip, like, and and just like that, that hit home. You know, we've had that flip, like, in the same car ride, right? Like, you're <laughs> you're riding pretty and then 4 minutes later you're in a fight and you're like what the fuck happened like how <laughs> yes. we were just happy and excited so yeah that that hit home and and Laura like being spot on with the the communication and you know there are times in our lives where in, in our journey where we haven't you know haven't really been doing the non monogamy thing and we see it you know the 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 communication Shifts, Um, and yeah, I think hearing that pain, you know, was was hard, but also like so relatable because you're just frustrated and you're like, why can't we just communicate better? And you don't even necessarily think about the fact that it's tied in some way to this, Uh, but you know, putting that puzzle together is helpful. So thank you.
0: And I was actually going to say the same thing about the communication because. As you were saying that, Laura, I was just relating so much to what you're saying because we have gone in and out of non-monogamy throughout our relationship. And there's been times that the times in not like while we're practicing non-monogamy, have other partners or meeting other friends, they can be hard and they can be emotional, but the communication is on a different level. And it makes me feel much closer to Finn than when we're not doing those things and we're still having experiences in living life but we're not sharing that level of connection in that way and it just adds a lot to our relationship and as finn said it's noticeable when it's not there so thank you so much for saying that and being vulnerable and as Catherine said like owning your emotion too because that's not easy and i appreciate that you were willing and and vulnerable in doing that
1: and i I was just going to pile on one thing. And I know this breaks the feedback rules, Catherine. And I apologize that we're not supposed to just tell people they're going to be all right. But I think the, the fact that you do have that communication during the, the non-monogamous time, non monogamous time, not, yeah, the non monogamous times, like when you're not doing that, like it, you don't just revert back to like totally shit communication. Like you are still probably communicating at a level that is, uh, elite. Yeah, right. um so you're gonna yeah. be all right I'm not allowed to say that but I said it anyway
2: so. all the platitude <laughs> um no but I will say that um, actually one thing I want to jump in because yeah I, I'm the boss so I get to jump in when I want right is uh that Laura when you were saying that it reminds me I always talk about like for me non-monogamy is the stone that I get to sharpen myself against and the sharpening of myself is, is usually then it leads to all this communication and this talking and this process and what that stone is in non-monogamy changes. You know, sometimes it's about sexuality. Sometimes it's about intimacy. Sometimes it's about connecting. Sometimes it's about, there's nobody that we're interested in and it's just the two of us. And we aren't, we aren't pursuing anything. And where it brings up what's coming up. The, the feelings of why are we not engaged in it with anybody. So for me, I, I absolutely hear you about wanting that stone to sharpen yourself against and that nugget of like being monogamous right now may be the stone that you're sharpening yourself against. Right. Which is the still part of the whole journey. So anyway, thank you. Um, who else would like to give some feedback? I think Jack and Jill were, were are to go next.
9: Yeah. I'd look um this is Jill. Uh Laura, I just I don't have much. I just want to say I feel you on your emotion and thank you. Thank you for just going there and letting us feel Because I don't know, it it's bonding and I just thank you for that.
6: Yeah, I'd echo that. This is Jack. I'm gonna I'm gonna break another rule and I'm gonna thank you first for just showing up on a non monogamy podcast when you're in a period of non non monogamy I think it's just awesome, and you know we've what it what what it brings up in me is we've went through periods too where we've taken a step back where we haven't been you know where we've we've got out as it were, and I'm not gonna break the rule and say you're gonna be okay <laughs> but you're you're exactly you're exactly where you should be and you're going to you're going to work through whatever this is and it's going to look however it should look and I'd echo the part of of seeing the, the the level of communication
4: that you're you're engaging in i think it's amazing so thank you
2: David and Amanda
4: go for it i was just struck and I wanted to thank you both in um, how like your pros really tied together for me and I I guess I pictured Bonnie and Clyde and, and, and this is good. This all works out much better, but, but there was something about the, the camaraderie and the, the friendship and the, uh, the adventure. And it just for me resonated upon our own experiences and, and that um, the power of that and how um, you could really feel that. So, so that was, that was great um, to feel. Thank you for sharing that.
5: Uh, well- Kind of echo off of that, you know, the pros being tied together. I also heard that, you know, I heard Casey, you talking about, um, you know, the level of connection and how that was exceptionally important to you. And, you know, always kind of striving to get back to that, to that level, which I think is just brilliant because I think, you know, connection is, uh, um, which is exceptionally important to our mental well-being, but then also, you know, then as Laura was speaking, and you could hear the emotion, and I found myself wondering if it maybe part of that is, is is being scared of complacency, and you know, Catherine, as you were saying, you know, a stone to sharpen yourself against. That you know, maybe if you don't have that stone, that you don't you don't feel your sharpest, or you don't. You know, that, that if you sit still for a minute, then, you know, things kind of come around, uh, come down around you. Uh, so I wondered if that was part of that. And thank you, yes, for sharing. It could definitely tell the relationship between the two of you is strong. <laughs> thank you for sharing both of us. All right, Bill
2: and Felice.
3: When, uh, when, when Laura was talking about the, the pain, um, it really got to me. I mean, I, the pain of not being able to get a hold of your partner when it was someone else is just, you know, it just really digs at you and just, I, I I felt it. And, uh, you know, I've known that pain and I, you know, it brought it back to me just to hear you.
2: Bill, can I jump in and ask you, this is another, um, another nice way to do some feedback when it affects you as obviously as it affected as you're sharing. Is there a place in your body you felt it when you heard Casey? When you heard Laura talking about it,
3: it's like a knot in the stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like just this anxious, just not that you want to be gone. Yeah, you want it to be released, and you know you just want it to go away, and it doesn't.
2: Thank you. That helps us understand your experience, and I think will probably help Laura feel heard in a similar way to know how it hit your body. So that's another. Nice feedback tip. Thank you for sharing that. I,
8: I, I understand and resonate with the idea of highs and lows where you're, you're really connecting and then the next, and then you're fighting and connecting and fighting and, but it's, and then you really communicate because it's important. And that, I, I, I see a lot of healthiness with a lot of what they're doing just because we've been there and done that and I've seen good outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I know the struggles and I feel it tonight and, and I thank you both for being vulnerable with that.
2: Right, Thank you so much. All right. Lauren Casey, will you share a bit about what it felt like to be witnessed and hear that feedback?
10: It's really nice to just, to one, to, to feel heard to have other people, other, um, you know, my partner and I, we've had these same discussions so many times. And sometimes it's it's really nice to hear, um, you know, a little bit of feedback from the outside. Uh, and that again, like with everything else, um, you know, as different as each one of us are, really when it comes down to the troubles that we face, they're all so similar uh, if you break them down. So it's really nice to be able to see, you know, people are uh, you know having all these different feelings and hardships and, and and you know good times as well but they're different but at the same time you know we're all very similar um, so it's nice to know we're not alone thank you guys all right
7: so i like those same things um i loved your platitudes guys <laughs> i'm not going to lie <laughs> i like i like hearing when people say don't worry it will all be okay <laughs> but it's semi reassuring from um, maybe not from just like random strangers, but kind of from other humans that have been on the journey. So, thank you.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Great. All right. Well, that wraps up our introductory round, giving you all a chance to get a little tidbit um, to know these amazing, brave couples that have joined us on this journey, power of witness, and to hopefully learn a little bit about feedback and see it in action, real time. Nobody, uh, practiced this, um, barely had, they barely had any, um, chance to read about it or understand until they heard me teach it as, as you heard me do so. So, um, I hope that this has been inspiring for you all that are listening and that you will, um, listen in, make sure you listen to the podcast episodes that normalizing non-monogamy did with each of these couples before you listen to me, get them on the hot seat. I think you'll have a much richer experience and um, tell your friends and stay with us on the journey. Thank all. Thanks to all of you for who got in the ring with me tonight and Em and Finn for creating the ring for us.
1: Yeah. I wanted to just say thank you as well, again, to everybody. I know we thanked you at the beginning, but I think, thank you for letting us be a part of this i know we're not necessarily going to be on the hot seat but letting us be you know witness to all of this is is awesome
0: on the top row of the bleachers yeah Mm. and
1: we just wanted to say thank you again to all of you for being here
0: it's amazing and i am so excited to go on this journey with all of you i know i've said that before in the emails and stuff but i really mean it and incredibly excited to be here and do this work with with all of you all right thank you all and we're all back. I should say that it's Finn, me, and Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> and we wanted to just say thank you again to everyone for first listening to this, but also to those that came on and are doing this Power Witness program with us. Again, thank you. It's amazing, and we're so excited to share all of this with you.
1: And uh, and a huge special extra thank you to Catherine for for doing this with us. I know we're providing the platform. Uh, the podcast, but like, we couldn't do this without her <laughs> no. uh, even a little bit. So thank you. Thank you, Catherine, for being here with us and for helping us create this type of content. Uh, we appreciate it.
2: Well, and I'm just, I just love that. First of all, you guys give people a platform to get to share their vulnerability and their version of non-monogamy, but then your commitment to say, hey, can we nudge you to go a little deeper? That is such an exciting thing to be part of. So thank you for helping me nudge people, people to go deeper. And I really hope that those of you that are listening, it will nudge you to go deeper in your conversations with your partners. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And we don't have a whole lot else to say other than if you want to find, um, you know, all the resources again, head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Uh, there is a power of witness tab now, uh, Mm -hmm. where the episodes that are part of this Uh, will be. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Actually, they're going to be, yeah, they'll be in a power witness tab. Yes. And
0: you'll be able to find them multiple places on our
1: website. Pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah. So.
0: And I'll also say that on those, in the, in the show notes, make sure you really,
2: make sure you check out the follow-up resources. That's one of the things I'm very committed to in my coaching is sharing the work of my mentors and the people that influence me and as much as possible, making sure that you have free content. So, missing out on those show notes you are leaving a
0: lot on the table so click click click
1: and if you don't want to go to your browser there's like your show notes in your in your podcast player
0: yes Um, all of them are included in there as well and if you want to find out more information to sign up for Catherine's next power of witness groups there's also links to her website on our website and have all the information to sign up there
1: Quick addendum: I was a liar. It's under the resources tab, and under the resources tab, that it'll say power witness. Yes. My apologies.
2: All right. So let's, All tell, right. let's tell them who's
0: coming up first. Who's on the hot seat first?
1: Yes. Next. Well, next episode will be Bill and Felice, and and we, that's
0: dropping today as well as you probably noticed in your podcast player.
1: Yep. And then every week after this on Friday will be the next the next uh, four the next four
0: episodes, four
2: episodes for the next four so, Fridays. Yeah. And again, if you have time to go back and listen to Bill and Felice's first interviews with Finn and Emma, it will add a lot of texture and complexity to the hot seat interview. Without
1: a doubt. Links in the show notes. Links are in the show (laughs) notes. We can't
0: say that enough.
1: (laughs) And, And with that, let's go listen to Bill and
0: Felice. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you.